who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How is it going? Um, good. How are you? Good. I have to say, now that I have these bangs, when I don't mm-hmm. style them, because I just had a little workout, and then mm-hmm. I, I look like this, I really feel like at my core the most Garth from Wayne's World. <laughs> You are pretty Garthy right now. Yeah. And that's awesome (laughs) because Garth is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Book club babes. Excellent. Excellent. Anyway, what are you reading, watching, doing? La la la. La la la. Uh, Well, it's been Christmas. So I feel like I've been busy. Busy girl. Christmas and New Year girl. Um and what else though uh shark heart i don't know if i was reading that last week but still reading that nice listening to woman in cabin 10 oh noise almost done that it's getting real weird noise but good what about you what about you what about you well we watched the eras tour at home and did a little arts and crafts we did arts and crafts for Seb, so I got to mail those off. I will do Sebastian that. Sebastian the tortoise. I'll get that packaged up tonight so we can send it in the mail. Um, Ooh. We hats literally coming your way, Seb. Six hats. Yeah, six cute freaking hats. Mm-hmm. They might be a little too big, though, but I think a hat's a hat still. Like, it'll... I just, think it just if has to you fit just on like the head, it's not for function, just style. Exactly. Exactly. If you just prop it ever precarious, precariously, yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, and I don't think he's like moving his head around a lot. Either, oh, I don't so. think so. I it's feel like, like if out, anything, right? it, yeah, it would be more like a. Mm, I don't know how I feel about this hat. I don't know how I feel, but but the top hat is going to be. <laughs> I don't know fight. that unicorn horn. That's fucking oh, cute. Oh no, the top hat's cute. The top hat's cute. Um. Yeah. So anyway, we did that fun stuff. I finished the Nowhere Girls. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Five stars. Mm-hmm. I am currently reading. Bad Girl Reputation by L. <laughs> Kennedy, and it's a spicy romance novel. <gasps> Ooh la la. I might be a spicy romance girly now. I think you might be. I don't know. It's kind of fun. You just I needed just a like little it. extra in there. Yeah, it's like a little palate cleanser almost because you really don't True. have to think about anything. Like, it's just like True. whatever is happening. Like, it's not like you're like, like we could have read Icebreaker and not done any like guessing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And True. I think we still would have been satisfied with the... True, yes. And it's a quick read. Yeah. And it's quick to read. Because yeah. you're like, I need to know more. Yeah, and you're not like looking for clues. You're just like, just reading. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. kind of nice. And you're waiting with bated breath. 
with bated breath something <laughs> like that anyway yeah and then um i also started reading a book called the one which is supposed to be a creepy horror book so Ooh, spooky january spooky january with a little bit of spice <laughs> spiky spooky spiky spicy spooky spiky. Spooky. No, spooky it's spiky. yeah spooky. spiky spiky january, january. <laughs> that's cute that's yeah. fun yeah 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 mm. um we do have a few new babes oh my gosh tell us yeah okay so i think i might have missed dana last week so sorry dana if i missed Hello. you Welcome. um Brittany, krista and kaylee hello hi do you hey, have welcome. any amphibians that could use a hat or two a hat true any amphibious animals with in need of a hat if they got a cold head we can help we can help but they have to be tiny it's not we're not mm-hmm. in the business of making dogs no. and cat hats. no, tiny, no that's not tiny, tiny yes yes yeah like a hedgehog 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 or a snack a snack Caitlin's buffer almost neck. Neck, or maybe even a spooter. A little bit. A spooter. Oh, just like perhaps in the book that we're reading right now that I can't stop reading, and Dolly! I've had to stop myself. Did you read ahead? Are you a reader ahead? Nope. Not. I don't know if nope. you're lying to me now. I'm all nope. worried now. No, all I'm right, not a reader right. aheader. Be- I've like everything in my fiber of my being to not. Okay, well, on that note, what do you say? Should we? Yeah, let's get into it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm okay i finish i start and i end this week okay (laughs) so this month we're reading wayward by amelia hart and we're reading to chapter 12 this week Mm -hmm. okie dokie part one and we have a little prologue. That's why I'm starting first. And we're Ooh. with Alpha. I looked it up and I'm pretty sure it's Alpha. Okay. It is exactly pronounced exactly how it sounds, even though it's weird. It's it's the um uh early year of sixteen ninety one or nineteen, sixteen nineteen. Dang, that's just a couple <laughs> years ago. That's just a few Damn. years ago. Watch out. Okay. We're with Alpha and she Alpha and she has been held for 10 days and she is so stinky that not even rats are interested in her and then she hears footsteps and the door a heavy door being unlocked um and then she knows that they have come to take her to trial (gasps) setting it up brb just gotta go to trial see you soon be right back (laughs) be right back all right 
Uh, now I'm starting with chapter one, and chapter one is Kate. That's me. That's you. But it's also the girl in the book. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I actually like Googled last or yesterday when I was taking notes. Like, are there any books with Chantal as a main character? <laughs> I don't think we've ever read one that has Chantal oh, as a main character. I don't even know. I don't think so. No. There was one, yeah. Oh. There was one, but it I wasn't sure about it. So nah, that's nah. why I didn't tell you. But anyway. Fair. Okay. So the year for Kate is 2019, not 1619. Mm-hmm. And she is currently terrified of her husband. So right away we get the vibe that it is not a good relationship and that he's abusive. So like trigger warning, that is absolutely what happens right off the the front of, mm-hmm. right off the start of the book um she has to dress a certain way for him and she has to look a certain way for him she has this like heavy silver chain that she only wears when he is home because he gifted it to her yeah your face says it all it's just like no. fuck like ew, it's ew, ew, ew yeah no 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 um he comes in and he is drinking wine when she finally enters the kitchen with her nicest smile plastered on uh he ends up asking her where she went today and she was so careful that she left her phone at home and she tells him that she went nowhere because she's like i'm pretty sure i didn't fuck this up she can smell perfume on him and it wouldn't be the first time but she's also (sighs) thinking maybe it could work in my favor this time if he like was having an affair so right away we know like something is going on with her that she's not telling him right uh he ends up calling her a liar hits her across the face and then leaves so like bye that sucked she thinks that he must have found a way to track her outside of her phone she's wondering if it could be the doorman of their building like she's she's just kind of grasping Mm -hmm. at um straws here wondering like what it could be she's worried that her future plans could be foiled but she's ready enough to leave right now she's thinking like aren't i She's like, it's just a seven-hour drive. Yeah, just a seven-hour drive. She has the second phone that he doesn't know about, and that phone will lead her there. So she's like, I'm going to fucking do it. So she puts together some clothes and some toiletries. She leaves that stupid fucking necklace and her iPhone that he pays for and, like, monitors her on on the bed. She grabs her gold B-shaped brooch that she's had since childhood from her jewelry box, exits the fucking condo. Goes down to her building's garage where she has an old Honda that she bought before they met and it's registered in her own name with a full tank of gas. She's like, surely he can't call and report a car that is registered in my own name on me. Like that, <laughs> that Very makes, true. Right? She gets in the car. She then types her great aunt's address into the map. And she is going to Wayward Cottage, Crow's Beck, Cumbria. Looked it up. Cumbria is an actual place. It is a county in northwest England. Do you know what a beck is? Because I looked that up. No, what? It's a mountain stream. <gasps> that's the same as a fucking... I looked I looked up one that said that there was a mountain stream. Hold the fucking phone. I wonder if I looked up the same thing. I can't find it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Honestly, fucking Probably. We're with Violet, and a lot like Kate, she is being um, stifled in her own 1942 way. Um, She absolutely hates her brother, Graham. He's younger by a year, um, and it's because he gets to study interesting things like science and Latin and the fact that he gets to do all of this in pants. She's like, "Mm, hate him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that one. So she is running away from said brother, um, quietly, of course, because her father disapproves of female exertion. Uh, and she also feels of herself as well. Like she, he's disapproving of um, Violet in every way. Just her in general, yeah. Exactly. Um, she easily outruns her brother, even though he's 15 and she is 16. Um, he's angry because she has stolen his Latin workbook and then proceeded to tell him that his answers were wrong. Wrong. They're, they're running <laughs> through um, Violet's favorite place to, to be, which is the grounds of their hall. So they sound like they're very well off. Um, and directly to her special tree, which is a silver beech that is hundreds of years old, according to the groundskeeper. 
Dang. Um, yeah, and they got a groundskeeper, so. Yes, yeah, and, like, lots of staff and people to teach her and a count countess, 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 yeah. that, like, teaches her. Anyways. Yeah, and, um, like, later she- on, her dad is referred to as a lord and her mom yeah. is referred to as a lady, so, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got some status. They've got some fat stacks, even, maybe. <laughs> They've acquired the bag, as they would say. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> um, in said special tree, she can hear the lives of everything that lives in it, like the weevils, ladybirds, damselflies, moths, and finches. And then a damselfly comes to rest on her hand, which then spreads warmth through her whole body. So obviously, like right away, you can tell she has a connection with wildlife. Of course, her her brother Graham being like a menace tells her to smash it and tells her that her insect obsession isn't normal and her father thinks the same thing. She tells him that she doesn't give a flying fig about what her dad or him think. So she continues to climb the tree, um, which causes turn- Graham to turn back because his lack of tree climbing ability. So this seems like this place where she can go and actually be herself away from everything. Um, She remembers back to when Graham had been, her and Graham had been inseparable up until that one awful day in the summer when she was eight and he was seven. The bees had been calling to her and she was laughing as they landed on her and like tickled her skin. Obviously, Graham is in awe of this and wants a turn. Obviously, Violet had no clue that he would have been attacked, whereas she was being, like, one with the bees, essentially. It's like a My Girl moment. hmm <laughs> Oh. Well, um, unlike that movie, Graham lives. <laughs> um, and um, her father then ends up caning her, beating her, um, and she still feels like to this day like that was less than she deserved like that is very upsetting to her even to this day um now graham has been sent to boarding school and only comes on holidays and becomes more and more unfamiliar each time he comes home um violet already sounds like a handful her governess miss pool is like given up on her for the day Um, She's climbing at the tree. She's climbing up the tree um, and she can see over the whole Orton Hall, which is where she lives. And then um, then the um, neighboring village called Crowsbeck. So everything's all kind of already starting to tie together. Oh, by the way, I did also look up Beck and have it defined later on. So (laughs) I got you. I lied to you. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you just gaslight me some more? I could if you wanted me to. I, mean, I feel, feel bad free. about it though. She um relates her home to a beautiful green prison and that she has never left Orton Hall and she's not even been to the village. Um her nanny, Nanny Metcalf, many nanny Metcalf has told her that she's not allowed to leave and that's her father's order. She tries to get deets from Graham, who's allowed to go into the village, but he thinks it's dull. Um, and then she knows that her seclusion will soon come to an end once she turns 18 in two years and has her coming out party. This is where somebody, an eligible an eligible man is supposed to come and like sweep her off her feet and then swap prisons, essentially what Violet is saying um violet wants to see the world the same way her father did um she wants to be a scientist perhaps even a biologist or an entomologist um and she's always rescuing and attracting animals um she then tells us a little bit of how she looks and how she's very different from how her father and brother look she has dark eyes and like this bright red birthmark or mole across her face Um, and dark hair like a crow she wonders if she looks like her mother but there's no pics pictures of her Um, all she has left is a pendant with a w on it and of course she'll ask any anyone who will listen um, if that meant her mom's name was Winifred or Wilhelmina or something with a w Um, the nanny always just tells her sorry can't remember she died right after I started working here 
Um, another woman who's a constant in Violet's life is Mrs. Kirkby, and she tells Violet a little bit about her mom and dad and how they met on May Day Festival in 1925. They're very much in love, um, but don't ask your dad or he'll pretty much whoop your ass. So stay clear. But right now she kind of just holds this like romantic thought in her head that like death to they part. She says that though sometimes this romantic image that she's made becomes blur by the way that people talk about her and her mother, she was the strange one. Both of her get these kind of like strange people comments. So she's like, how am I connected to my mom? She doesn't know. So sad. Interesting. Very interesting. Now we are with Elpha again. She's being brought somewhere by men who are bringing her through the village square. She's feeling shame at everyone shame. who's looking at her. Shame. 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 Exactly. Um, although I think she has clothes on, whereas that girl did not. Um, but she's feeling shame. They walk past the bakery and she thinks about how she had nursed the baker's daughter back from a fever last winter. And she's wondering, do they remember that? She's also wondering <laughs> where Grace is or if she is already in Lancaster. Mm. Okay. They hop on a horse and buggy. She is given water and bread, which she promptly pukes up because she hasn't had anything to fucking eat for the past however many days. So, like, can't <laughs> digest yeah. it. Ew. She can smell that they are going by the back. Which in in a little in a little bracket, I got mountain streams. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that runs past her cottage, her own cottage, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. She thinks of her mother and her mother's crow. Her last thought is that she is glad that her mother, Jeanette Wayward, is not alive to see her daughter like this. Okay, she arrives in Lancaster and is overwhelmed by the loud noises and amount of people. Clearly, it sounds like she lives in this like this tiny little village, so Remote, the city would yeah. be absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. She knows that they have arrived at the castle that will hold her, a.k.a. the fucking courthouse. So we find out that there are two judges and 12 men as the jury. Cool, 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 cool. And this is what the judge says to her when she enters. Elpha Wayward, you stand accused of practicing the wicked and devilish arts called witchcraft, and by said witchcraft, feloniously causing the death of John Milburn. How do you plead? She hmm. says, nah, I didn't do that. Not guilty, not, bitch. Not guilty. Not guilty. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course I didn't do that with my witchcraft. I did it with my hands. Uh, Duh. (laughs) Got the facts wrong. Jeez, get it right at least. So I'm not guilty according to what you think I did. Technically, the way you're explaining it, no. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's not quite how it works. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now we're back with Sorry, one second. Oh, sorry. I did learn, though, that her mother had a crow. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. and Violet had crow like hair. And there's lots of symbolism here. Okay. And there's a crow on the front of the book. Mm-hmm. And then the, there's crows later on too. There's just This book I is just making me crow. want to befriend a crow even more than I already did. Ooh, did I ever tell you that Marty has chats with this crow that hangs out at his work sometimes? <laughs> Yo, get him to bring it. If that's true, yo, they know his voices and he can probably bring him stuff. You should like get Marty crow? to feed him. Yeah. If you feed the crow, if Marty feeds mm-hmm. the crow, the crow will probably bring stuff back for Marty. Mm-hmm. I've already yeah. researched this because <laughs> I want one so bad. Yeah. He he knows that crows are smart too, which is why he told me the story about to how it. he had a full on conversation with the crow. And I was like, I do know crows are smart. So. But maybe don't tell other people that. I'll just tell the world on the podcast. No big deal. True, true, true. (laughs) No big deal. Okay. You should be buds with a crow. I know I should be. I really should. I should feed them. Why don't you? It's because you have to like get mealworms and stuff. And I'm like, but. Oh, you got to get that. Like they want high. They want that high value food at first. Well, you're going to get a gift. So. Exactly. You got to yourself. Is the risk worth the reward? That's what they're saying. So. You're, and you literally have to be like, look at me. I am your friend. 
I am your friend. Literally, I look like a crow. <laughs> yeah, this beak on me. <laughs> no, not the beak. Just your hair. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay, okay. We're back with Kate, but not our Kate. The book Kate. Okay. Oh, book Kate. She's nearing Crow's Beck, which is 200 miles, aka 322 kilometers. Just so, if you're wondering, um, from London, which is also 200 miles from him. Um, she can already see the feel the difference. The dawn air is clean um, and so different from the city. The last time she was here in Crowsbeck was over 20 years ago. Um, we find out that her great aunt had died last August, leaving Kate her estate, which she's like, well, not an estate. It's like a small cottage, but okay. Um, and now she's five minutes away from said cottage and five minutes away from sleep five minutes away from safety once okay, she arrives so okay yeah i was thinking about this this morning mm-hmm. so kate is the great niece which mm-hmm. would mean that kate is graham's child's son's graham's mm-hmm. son's child yeah graham is kate's grandpa Graham is Kate's grandpa. Yeah. So that's yes. their relation. Yes. On yes. Graham's side. Yes. Because she had but she has the right, she has the A Y R E heiress last name. Mm-hmm. Yes, the heiress side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Carry on. Arriving at Wayward, um, she remarks on how it looks. It's a stone covered a stone cottage covered in ivy um and inside the cottage the walls are just covered in sketches of insects animals wildlife we find out that violet does end up becoming an entomologist um and though this creeps kate out because she's not a fan of any of this dot 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 anymore so interesting so she is so sleepy oh right she is so sleepy and collapsed into bed that she doesn't even care that her great aunt probably died in this bed she's just hoping that they changed the sheets fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) at this point she doesn't even care about that um of course when she wakes up she's confused she feels like um, any moment simon will be on top of her sounds like unconsensually things are going on obviously um and then she remembers where she is she wonders if simon is looking for her or looking through the phone that she left behind but she's like nothing that he hasn't seen already because i know he's been tracking my phone with like spyware for fucking years now um but even still even though he tracked her phone with like spyware he was still convinced that she was having an affair with somebody and they would meet at the library. Um, turns out, no, she was just escaping from her reality. Um, so when the solicitor called her last August, she knew with the estate, um, she knew that this was her opportunity to GTFO. So in that time, she scrounged every penny to buy the burner phone um, because she's been given an allowance that is only for makeup and lingerie. So this is how like under her his thumb. Yeah, it's bad. Um, once she got the phone, she was able to start planting planning everything. Um, she especially knew she needed to get out of there when he started talking about when he he wanted a child because it was the next step logically for his career. like he was up for a big promotion. And then he's like, plus, it's not like you have anything else or better to do anyways. So, like, look after the kid. She's like, heck no. Um, So uh, she hid her birth control until he found out, making her, like, get every, like, get rid of all of the medication in the toilet, forcing her to research old, like, wives' tales and methods of birth control. So then with each period that came, the rules tightened and became more extreme and more accusatory. Um, Now to the point that he's threatening to take her, like, keys away from her and can only be let out, essentially, at his own will. 
Um, and she's just worried about how the baby would tie bind them together forever. Um, and Slash she doesn't want it to suffer abuse. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then when her second pregnancy confirmed the worst, she's just been trying to focus like on getting out of there and the fact that she's safe now. Um, but very cold in this place. Um, she goes to the chimney, tries to turn it on, but it's blocked by a dead crow, apparently, which she hates crows specifically, too. Um, and turns out, psych, the crow's not actually dead because all of a sudden it, like, gets life and, like, goes to the window. She lets it out of the window and she is trying to sleep some more and it's just, like, tapping on the window now. Like, let me back in. That's creepy. Creepy. (laughs) Stop tapping. Stop tippity tapping. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we are with Violet and she is wearing a green dress and she follows her father who has asked her to join him in the drawing room after dinner. And this is her father's room where women are forbidden, except Mrs. Kirby. I have it written down as Kirby. I don't know who's right. Kirkby? 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 K-I-R-B-Y? Isn't that like Kirby? Like on um, um, Kirby. um, Like. um, Yeah. Mario. No, Mario. Mario. It's me, a Kirby. Graham is jealous as he has never been invited into the drawing room um, and her father asks her to shut the door. She can see that her father is unhappy and he doesn't invite her to sit down as he pours himself some port. So she's kind of just like, "Mm, what is happening? He tells her that they need to discuss her behavior, that Miss Poole tells her, tells him, sorry, that she's been climbing trees, gasp. She's ripped her skirt and it's ruined, which is like double gasp, although she secretly fucking hated that skirt anyway. So she's like, excellent. I didn't want it anymore. She now has one last chance to conduct herself appropriately. We find out that her cousin Frederick is coming to stay with them next month on leave from the front. She thinks that this is weird because her father never talks about family um his parents and older brother died in an accident before she was born and as far as she knew they didn't even have any family so she's like oh frederick's mm-hmm. coming makes sense who dis new cousin <laughs> who did yeah new cousin who did he tells her to consider this a test and if she doesn't behave he will send her away quote for her own good end quote um apparently that away would be to finishing school so the and the hope of doing that would be that they can prevent Violet from turning out like quote her end quote. So like we're getting a lot alluding to I'm thinking her mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Violet is obviously upset. She doesn't want to leave her home. She wonders if her mother was like this too, like weird almost, like, right? Just mm-hmm. not the status quo. She's like, did she also love nature? Like, essentially, she's like, why am I the way I am? And she's there's yeah. this huge gap because she doesn't have her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she's now determined that she will not be leaving this house to go to finishing school and decides that she will stay inside until after the visit from the cousin because that is the only way that she can behave. Oh, poor Violet. Yeah. Okay. We're back with Kate. And Hi. she is real. Hi. She, the buck and crow finally leaves. But instead of being relieved from the silence, it makes her sick because it's this unfamiliar feeling of freedom. E. This is the longest time she's gone without speaking to Simon since they met six years ago when she was 23 years old. So. She was already lonely. Her mother had just moved to Canada with her new husband. um, And she even like remarks on how she knew and recognized that there was something about his smile to elude what was going to happen in the future. Um, And she's just remarking on how she can also then feel like she can hear the wild the nighttime wildlife outside but like she looks at the windows and they're like glass she's like there's no way i can actually hear this going on um and then she's listening and then she remarks if i had only listened when i was a kid on the day it happened so then we find out her story 
when she was nine sad too it is sad she was walking to school with her dad when a strange bird call pulled her back turns out crow not a crow her favorite at the time not anymore so obviously she runs towards it and then all of a sudden her father is pushing her to the grass and she turns around and watches the monster plow into her dad the monster is an old red car after she's like realizing what's going on she can see the driver of that car sobbing her father being loaded into the ambulance and then she realizes that she's the monster that she's killed her dad um and from that day on she she's avoided nature because she knows it's too dangerous so then later she's watching out the window the trees moves moves their shapes rising and then there's hundreds of them leaving in unison their birds she's like oh this place is probably not for me there are so many birds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sometimes you just gotta put a bird on it put a bird on it back with alpha um she's now been taken to the dungeon and she's thinking that if Love the, the castle dungeon. yeah she's thinking that if the castle had bowels it would be here where she is right now she's in the bowels of the castle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they have at least given her a blanket a pot and a pitcher of water this time plus an old hunk of bread she was able to keep it down this time laugh a luxury royalty (laughs) love that old hunk of bread um she can't see anything although there is a small window like it sounds like it's like up high so there's a bit of light um but she goes and she touches the walls to kind of like get her bearings the stone walls are cold and damp she thinks that she can smell the fear of the people who were there before her um she uses this i do not understand this part at all i don't know if you got any sort of understanding from it but she then uses this strength and she rips at her skin underneath her heart until she bleeds yeah, I wasn't under sure why she was doing that because I was like, surely that'll get infected in 1619. Yeah, and like, it, there was, it was such a small, it was like a couple sentences, but it seems like such a weird fucking thing, like a weird thing mm-hmm. to do. So I'm like, obviously, maybe that's it'll come back around. Come back around? Question but mark? like, I don't know if maybe I'm just insane and like read that wrong. You ever, you ever gaslight no. your own self? All this, all the time. <laughs> Always. I don't think I read that right. Like, I don't understand what that means. So must I must be wrong. <laughs> Always. That's literally my life. <laughs> cute, cute, cute. Okay, so that happens. Um, She then allows herself to think of her home and she starts to stop, sob. But a little spider arrives and clings to her as she finally falls asleep. Mm-hmm. She is awoken and told that court will begin soon. She is provided with a dress and she changes. It's not very nice, but she's like, at least it's clean. (laughs) True. At least it doesn't stink to high heaven. Exactly. And she says that the wayward women never smelled bad. They always smelled of lavender, which I added in because you do see a lot of lavender references. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she goes into the courtroom and the prosecutor just fucking goes off. And he like, you know, with his opening statement. And then he says that he's going to bring in the first uh, examinate to give evidence. It's like, it's like 1619. There's all that weird fucking speak that like, I'm not Mm -hmm. about. No one's about it. But this, the first fucking witness is what he's trying to say is Grace Milburn. Oh, that was that name again. She coming in. Hey, I'm with Violet this time. And she has been on her best behavior because she's been inside for literally two weeks now. Yeah. Um, the sounds have started to fade away slowly. And even Goldie, her spider, has got the ick from her. She's like not moving at all, essentially. But she's not dead. All she has to do is get through the visit is what she kept, keeps telling herself. And then she can go back outside. She can hear Mrs. Kirby or Kirkby. I have Kirkby again. but And Nanny Metcalf talking 
about how the late mistress, so her mom, um, also took to her bed because she's essentially not coming out of her room so she can stay not like so she can stay out of trouble. Yes, um, yes, she's confined herself to bed. Yes. So then they're talking about how the late mistress also took to her bed at the end, especially when we all knew the reason and what happened next. So it's like, what ha- what is all of these things? What what are these things? Okay. We don't know. Then the next day, Violet has been ordered outside by her father. Um, she's walking the grounds with the nanny. Um, the birds and bugs fly like right by her, like she's not even there. Um, and then she's informed that her presence is also now requested at dinner. Um, she's like, okay, fine, but like, tell me more about my mom, nanny. Like, hello. Um, she's just like, told you to shut your mouth. She says, what about me? And she essentially is not interested in entertaining the conversation at all. Um, at dinner, Violet decides to wear her least favorite dress. Um, father reminds her that her cousin Frederick is coming officer in the army. So he's needs to be treated with respect. Um, and that Violet will not be allowed to hide out in her room and that she, her job is to, to maintain a cheerful presence, um, around the house. So like, it's, it's like, I just feel bad for Violet. Honestly, too, um, like, I feel like that's such a you thing. Like, you would wear your least favorite dress as, like, an act of rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd be like, mm, I don't like you, so I'm I not going to look I just feel like good. you would do that. That's, like, yeah. a you thing. Like, mm, mm, fuck you. Fuck you. Um. So then later in her room, she can see that a damselfly has been left in a jar. It turns out it's from her brother um and this seems like an old gram behavior like she's like oh that's really sweet it says like get well soon so he can even tell that there's something going on with her mm-hmm. and she opens a jar and it flies away from her and at that same time she feels her happiness leave her well as well she's getting ready for bed and ends up dropping her necklace behind a cabinet she's moving it away and then sees a letter scratched into the wainscoting which is a w She's like, that's the same letter on my fucking locket necklace thing. She's like, I like a W. She's like, it looks like it's been painstakingly carved with like a needle or maybe even like a fingernail. Ooh, um, I don't like that. That gave me um Lisa Jewel vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was I don't know something about it. Was... Mm-hmm. But when she recovers the whole word, she somehow feels a familiarity to it. And that word is wayward. Mm. interesting girls getting clues on things that she doesn't Mm -hmm. even know about exactly okay i'm kate and now i am kate too so (laughs) she's also kate and she is kate (laughs) i'm kate and i am also kate she grabs her bag and runs to the car as we were discussing because there were so many fucking birds last time and she tells herself not to look at all the birds she starts to drive away although she's like where am i gonna go because she's not going to go back to London, obviously. She mm-hmm. just stro- drove seven hours to get to where she is. And especially not after the first time that she tried to leave. So we find out what happened there was that fucking shortly after they started living together, Kate and Simon, Simon had wanted her to quit her job in children's publishing. This is so fucked, too. Like, it's I hate fucked. this. Yeah, it's I don't um, like it. <laughs> He didn't, she had a panic attack once at work and called him and he came and picked her up and he ended up telling her that he wants her to quit this job. He doesn't have time to deal with it and her. Um, And he earns so much that she doesn't need to be working. And he's like, also, plus your job is useless. So why work? <laughs> this guy's like worse. <laughs> he is pretty shitty. Um, she ends up telling him because remember this is newly into their relationship like they just started living together so she ends up telling him that it's not work that's the problem it's him Uh well he tosses his full fucking steaming hot cup of coffee on her and she ends up moving her face in time however it does splash her on her arm like leaving a mark and probably a scar because you know hot liquids So she packs her things and he begs her not to go. She left anyway. She went to a shitty hotel for the night. 
Um, she decides to stay a second night and she's also like, yeah, I'm going to leave him. Like, I can't, I, you know, she's like a woman with integrity. Like she's like, I can't, that's inappropriate. Um, and then he ends up leaving her a voicemail telling her that he can't live without her and that he's taken some pills. Mm -mm. Obviously this is like her father. You know what I mean? Like she wants, it's like, Mm -hmm. she can't let someone else die. Else die. She thinks it's her fault. Right. Mm -hmm. So she calls 999. 911 almost came out every time. She calls 999, goes back to the house. She's feeling like hella responsible. She's feeling like a monster. Again, the monster comes back into play. She gets inside the house and the paramedics are already there. The bottles are sitting in front of fucking Simon, who's got his head in his hand unopened. This is when she realizes that he lied to her. She's like, all right, it's everything's good. Thank you so much. Goodbye. The paramedics leave. And then Kate tells him how sorry she is for leaving and asks him to promise not to do anything stupid like that again. He obviously fixates on being called stupid, which isn't even what happened, but that's all that he heard, right? Yeah. Um, and he throws her against a wall. So the next day she decides to quit her job. Sad. Mm. Super fucking sad. Super sad. Mm. She then She's in the car re- recalling all of this. So then she remembers the baby. And she's like, if he finds out, he will never let me leave him. So she goes back to the cottage. All right. So the next morning, she goes to the village for supplies. She walks into town. She's like, it's a nice day. It's a short walk. She goes to the grocery store. The cashier calls Kate out on not being from around here, as they do in small towns. And she's kind of like, oh, fuck. I was hoping to like go under the radar. But she says that she's just inherited the cottage and that she's Violet. I can't say this. A Y R Aries? 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 I think it's just Aries. Aries? Okay. And then she is Violet Aries' great niece. And then the cashier tells her that she thought that all of the heiresses and waywards were gone. Save the old. This is literally what she says. Save the old Viscount. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? So I looked it up and it means noble status. It's just like a, like a king or lord or whatever. And of course... Apparently, the old Viscount is losing his marbles up at the big house. Okay, cool. We just keep getting all these little tiny, like, grass seeds, I feel like. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so Kate is realizing that the cashier thinks that the heiress and the waywards are related somehow, but she must be wrong because Violet had been an heiress and she would have bought the wayward cottage after she left home. After she'd been disowned, we then find out with no other fucking clarification. Hmm. The cashier tells that she like automatically starts to feel like weird that the cashier is talking to her and that like she's like, can I do this? She's like freaking out a little bit. And the cashier tells her that she'll be all right. And that after all, it's in her blood. What the fuck? This cashier knows everything and told us nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, cashier. Come through. Okay. So here we go. I'm, I shorten this a lot because this is a big old chapter, but she ends up going back to the cottage. She goes through boxes. She finds sketches and mementos from places that um, Violet has visited. And then she finds a photo of her great aunt when she was young. And Kate is shocked to notice that she looks just like herself. Mm. Day twins. We're with Alpha. Um, and she's remarking that Grace looks like a child on the stand even though she's a 21-year-old woman. Mm. And she also feels that no time has passed since they were girls. So we are remembering back to the summer when they were 13 in particularly. This is when like they spent like literally every second together. Um, she's just like kind of remarking on Grace's friendship because most people were scared of her and her mother and that this was the last summer of their friendship. This is how we kind of find out like how their friendship fell apart. Altha's mother wakes her up and tells her that Grace is coming over, which she's like, how do you know that? Anyways, um, the mom's like, I had no comment. Um, something's wrong with her. And then like all of this while well, her crow is on her shoulder. So I'm assuming the crow has seen something. Grace arrives and tells them that her mother is ill with Scarlettina, Scarlettina, um, and she's been in bed for three days um, and now is starting to call for her dead babies. 
the doctor has been and is using leeches and is essentially saying that she's like boiling in her own blood. Love 1619 doctors. Love that for them. (laughs) Her mom is like, we got to go and like gathers all her shit up because she is worried that she's not going to make it through the night. um, Grace's mom. So off to the Metcalf farm they go. So there's another tie-in name that Nanny has the same last name as Grace's parents. Her mom's crow is like leading the way to the farm. They get there. William Metcalf, who is um, Grace's father, is praying and not impressed to see Alta and her mom. Um, Grace begs and begs to try to save her mom. Um, and so finally, William relents and just says, if she dies, it's on your hands. And Ooh. they get to work on Alta's mother. But as expected, it is too late. Anna, the mom, starts to convulse and froth at the mouth and then dies. Later, Alta finds out that Grace's dad forbade her from seeing Alta anymore, and the two did not speak for seven years. Oof. Mm. Another just random tidbit. Why why did you start talking again after seven years? Tell me why. Honestly, like, I both, I love that in a book. Like, I love, like, planting little seeds in a book. But also, it's hard when we read it in chunks. True. Because you want to know. It's like, this doesn't, I just want to fucking know. Just tell me. Just tell me. But I guess it does make for a good book, so. Um, BT dubs there is a dog in wayward um Violet's dad has one I didn't write yes. about him because he seemed kind of sad like sad. he was used as like a hunting dog or something mm-hmm. you know and he was like that, beaten like... yeah I didn't talk about him either yeah so anyway I just decided to look up does the dog die on him and the answer is no so okay. we are in the clear no good, dogs good to die know. no dogs die in the making of wayward okay so with Violet she didn't sleep at all last night, but gets straight out of bed because of her new fancy discovery, wayward, carved into the wainscoting. She realizes that the locket she wears with the W on it is probably her mother's last name and not her first, as she had originally assumed. So she's like, kind of like, this changes everything. I've been looking the in house- the wrong places all these years. Right? I should have been looking at the baseboard. I should have been cleaning my baseboard and listening to a podcast. (laughs) Okay, so the housekeeper. I have Kirby. I don't know. I don't know. It's Mrs. K, okay? She's Mrs. K. (laughs) Mrs. K. The housekeeper, Mrs. K, brings Violet her breakfast, and Violet asks her what her mother's last name is. She's just like, she's always thinking that maybe she can catch her if she, like, does it quick enough. Maybe I just catch her off guard. I'll just catch up guard. She she's like, oh, I don't know. And she asked her if it was wayward. And Mrs. K tells her she doesn't remember and that some people don't have mothers or fathers, so she sh- should consider herself lucky. And I feel like she knew that that was Mrs. K, like feeling awkward about it because her last mm-hmm. name was wayward. Mm-hmm. Mrs. K then tells her that her father is off to pick up Frederick. Is it Frederick or Frederick? Oh, maybe it's a little <laughs> bit of both, Frederick. <laughs> Frederick um, from the station and Violet is thrilled because she has some time. She is so curious how Wayward ended up being carved into the wainscoting and she's like, I need to fucking look around. She runs into Graham in the hallway and she thanks him for his gift. She asks him if he'd do her a favor. I think she also asks him if he wouldn't be a brick and do her a favor, which I fucking Don't love. Don't be a brick. Like, calling someone a brick is actually such an insult. <laughs> Don't be a brick. Um. Anyway, and she says that she needs to look for something in her father's study, and would he keep watch? She promises her share of pudding for a week, and he agrees, but only because of the pudding. Fair. She tends to avoid the study, we find out, because this is where her father had hit her after the incident with the bees. What did you call it? A caning? Caning. A caning. Caning. So this is where she had her caning, but she's, you know, she's she's got a fucking a mission to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So she goes in. She's like, I can't believe how a woman could literally live and die in this house and leave zero trace except for a locket and a carving on a wall. So she's like, there's mm-hmm. got to be something here. She scans the bookshelf. She's looking for something, anything. She's like, 
looking around her the study which is her dad's and she's thinking about how once she thought that her and her father shared a similar similar outlook on nature and animals she's like why else would he have like the elephant tusks and the taxidermy on the walls like he just really appreciates these beings she was very wrong um she then realized once that he liked them as trophies and that was when she was like oh we're different like we're very mm. different mm-hmm um she's thinking that his desk drawer will be locked as it does but she checks it anyway and when it opens she finds some regular old items in there except for then she finds a feather that was intertwined in a soft wad of material and she can see that it is a handkerchief with a monogram and that monogram are the letters e w shit she can also smell a ghost scent of lavender. And mm-hmm. she's like, I know these were my mother's things. So she stands there and she's like looking at these items and she's wondering if her father could actually be capable of loving something or someone after all because he's kept these things that were her mother's, right? So she's like, maybe he's mm-hmm. not so bad. Suddenly she can hear clearly. Um, oh, yeah, right. I forgot there. Remember how you were talking earlier about the, like, hearing things? And she can she hear things, like, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that is Violet. So suddenly she hears clearly again, like, she was gone for a bit. Um, and she hears the three knocks from Graham. She knows that her dad is home. She shoves the feather into her pocket because she's like, I don't want to give it back. I'll put it back later. And she leaves mm-hmm. the study. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's like again she can suddenly hear again right so she goes back into her room and as a test she opens up goldie's box and is he goldie is fucking delighted to see her and she realizes that she has been like dead to the world but now everything feels brighter again like she's back she meets frederick and she feels lightheaded she'd never met another young man before gonna preface this with saying i don't love the vibe here Mm-mm. and Mm-mm. i'm not sure if that was common then i think it's a setup i think it's what, supposed oh. to be a setup okay okay by the dad i think like for marriage yeah their cousin no that's not right yeah that's why i'm like i don't like this because i thought mm-hmm. it was a setup too but anyway okay so At dinner, she is smitten with him. She can't stop studying him. She loves his green eyes. Frederick's father, like I just said, was her father's younger brother, Charles. So she finds out that they have been writing each other for years. And she's kind of like, um... What the fuck, man? Yeah. She's kind of like, uh, feels... Not violated. She feels, um... Like, like caught off guard. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she didn't even know that he had family. Who ha- who mm-hmm. he had been corresponding with for all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, She asked Frederick if he grew up in London and if there are any trees there. He says yes. And he kind of, I think he kind of finds this endearing. He says he might want to go to medical school because her dad's all like, what are you going to do after the war is over? And Violet asks if he would get to see the inside of a body and how it works. And he laughs again. It seems like he's endeared by her and says he would need to become, quote, intimately acquainted with how the human body works, end mm-hmm. quote. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. They're cousins. I wonder if they're trying to keep money in the family. Like back then, like back in the day, like. Right. Maybe? Okay. Right. Well, it's 1942, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like but like those old english families that are like have obviously the the halls and the whatever maybe ew but obviously she maybe she's like i can't be in love with my cousin and that's why she has the cottage true true maybe because she's like no ew no okay we're with kate again and I think this might be a long chapter, so hold on to your butts. Okay, but we're almost done. This is the last I'm here. one. Okay. I'm here. Kate decides that she should probably call her mom, and she's hoping that she won't pick up, but she does. And her mom is very relieved because Simon had just called her an hour ago to tell her mom that Kate has taken off and left her phone behind. Um, Kate is just like, oh, sorry about that. I'm fine. I had to get away. 
uh, part of her wants to tell her mother the truth, um, but the sound of her voice reminds her of all the pain that Kate has already caused her after her dad's death. So um, yeah, she's just like, she doesn't, her mom got to start over and she just doesn't want to mm-hmm. like bring her down again. Mm-hmm. Um they live in Toronto, which is cool. And it's like, hey, we hey. I know that place. Her mom and her new husband asked her, like, please come with us. Like, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And she refused. She said that she was going to stay for school. But again, just didn't want to ruin this new marriage for her. So, of course, being our plane rides hours away, um, they talk less and less. And then she's just like, Anyways, mom, I got to go because she doesn't want to get into any of this. And it's just like, P.S., please don't tell Simon where I am. Find out a little bit about the family tree. Confirmed. Graham is her grandpa and Mm. died when she was six years old and remembers him telling her the brother brothers Grimm stories, which Mm. is also like a little bit of a tie through the book. True, true, true. Um, And... She's just wondering, though, why had her aunt Violet left her this cottage and also never contacted her while she was alive? Like, she's finding it very bizarre. That is fair. Um, She decides to explore the grounds. She's in the garden. She walks up to a tree and it feels like almost warm, like it's alive. A damselfly ends up brushing her hands and then she's starting to remember her love of insects and birds as a kid. Um, and that after her father died, she had put all of this out of her mind. She even like got rid of all of her books on wildlife out- outside. And there was like immediate regret regret once she realized that they were gone. But she took it as a confirmation that she was too dangerous. It was too dangerous for her to be around wildlife. The only I thing she it, has man. from her past is that bee brooch that she keeps with her. Um, And then she spots a grave that has no date and no name. It just says rip. And then she's like, (laughs) gets this awful feeling of something wanting to get into her body or out. So it's like weird. And then she's like, surely that can't be a person's grave, right? (laughs) Well, the cottage is centuries years old. So maybe it is a body. Yes, yes. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't think I like that. She decides to go inside to see if maybe any of her Aunt Violet's papers had anything about the cottage, but there's nothing before 1942. Um, and there's nothing about who's lived there before then or before Violet. Um, and then she remembers the attic. She goes into the attic. And there's just shelves and shelves of insects and preserved specimens um, and also this bureau. The first drawer on first glance is empty and the second drawer is locked. She reinspects the drawer, but wait, there is something inside there, something wrapped up in cloth. And she decides that she does not want to look at it in the attic, that she's going to look at it in the light. And then on her way downstairs, she's wondering... And thinking about how strange it is that the other drawer is locked and almost like her aunt is hiding something. Hmm. What could what she, she be got hiding? in her hand? What she got in that bag? What you got wouldn't in that, that be, room? Wouldn't that be so fucking creepy, but also like so cool? I wouldn't want to come upon that unprepared. I would be like, Ugh. true, but, but I would s- like to see them all in jars. Also, would you go downstairs and wait to open it, or would you? I would want to open it like right away. Yeah, well, like, wait, is there light up there? Like, what true. is our? You true, know, I true. it surrounded by like specimens. I'm not sure I'd want to open something true. in case true. it's creepy, unless I had true. a big old light. True, true. That's a valid point. Valid point. But if she turned on a light switch and was like up there, then true. like, yeah, open that shit up. I would have. Yeah, in case why, you want to put why it go back. down the stairs? Yeah, who knows. What do you think is going to happen in this book? Something with Frederick. Something with Violet. <laughs> something with Altha. Something, something with Kate. With, well, like, does Altha? <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that Altha lives? Ooh. She's a wayward. 
I wonder. Oh, true. And her Right? mom is already dead. And her mom Yes. is already dead. She must. Yes. You would Because think? she needs to have a child. Ooh, I had a, a I had a thought while you were talking about um the mom in the um like study room. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he kept those items like a trophy, like his other stuff, and he killed her, or she ran away and went and lived in the cottage. The mom. Mm hmm. And then maybe when uh, Violet and Graham were like kicked out of the family, essentially, it was because they found something about their mom or something. Or that her mom was still alive and they went and lived with her or something. Well, true, because I was wondering, I actually made a note because I was like, why is her dad fucking rapunzeling her in a castle? Mm -hmm. Like, why isn't he letting her leave? Why is she not Mm allowed -hmm. to go into town? yeah yeah or like he's doesn't even invite other than frederick this is the first time he's ever had Yes. anyone over she's like Yes. i don't i don't think i mentioned it because i was like whatever but it's just like he never calls on anyone and she's like i know there's people who live around here So, but like, is he sheltering her from something? Mm -hmm. But like, what is what? Like, what? yeah weird Or is he just, weird is weird he just creepy crazy and that's just who he is? true And like, bad he wants dad control over all the women in his life because true you sound like maybe female he wasn't exertion great. Ugh. Yeah. all those female exerting themselves <laughs> I was eh. so pissed at that part when Simon told right her to quit her job. I was like, no, <laughs> i no. hope that she sends a swarm of bees at him and he does my girl or whatever Yeah, fucking Simon's <laughs> gotta go. he has to go and i'm glad Okay. she's just like got the fuck out of there right away at the beginning of the book too by the way Me too, that we didn't have to deal with that for too long. okay Bye. uh bear bear read the best part of this favorite book Okay, book. book. Bye. favorite book goodbye Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, Bye! bye! What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.